0: Yeah. Whoa, that sounded like are you an opera
1: singer? Oh I Aaron? I just like Sienna so much I'm turning into one. Oh Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: I support you fully in your musical journey. Oh uh, thank
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Bravo. Um, bravo.
0: Um, Mark. <laughs> bravo. Oh yes. Indeed. I hear a bravo. voice. Wait. I hear another voice. Ooh. Ooh. You, you Aaron, you're such a preschool teacher. I hear a voice. <laughs> <laughs> we do, yes, we we decided to bring a, a friend of the show um on today.
1: Um a teacher, to... mother, woman of the world just all about wonderful human our friend Nicole. Hi, hi, hi Nicole. <laughs>
0: Hello. Also, number one fan. <laughs> yes, it's. I think that's quite possibly true. I think, I think, it think really you is. definitely are. <laughs> like you respond to like all of our Instagram posts. It's true. Like... <laughs> Every Saturday
2: morning, we enjoy, me oh. and my husband we watch the show on Spotify.
0: Yeah. Aww. Aww. <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> We're so happy you're here. We are. Of course. Of course, Aaron's known you forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're in a decade. I've at this gotten point. to know you. Yeah, I've gotten to know you a little bit through like book clubs and stuff. So, this is exciting. Thank you for having me. So we are d- still talking about Bridgerton. I hope that's not a surprise to you. We're never gonna stop but... talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> never going to never. Uh, so what? When we talk about something, we like to start out with like our first experience. Or like our history with the work that we're talking about. So if you want to tell us a little bit about us and our listeners about your first experience with Bridgerton, the books and or the show.
2: Yeah, I, I started around Christmas break, maybe was it like two or three years ago? And like as teachers, we're like, oh, we need this, we need this, we need this <laughs> <to escape." laughs> And I think that's around when I um Judgy Aaron came out too. I remember sitting oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw her Daphne in blue a lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, that is the Bridgerton signature color. It is, is the, like they all wear blue all yeah. the time. Yeah
2: and I don't know book spoiler for book four Penelope and Colin she wears blue instead of yellow and then Colin's like yes so that's how they (laughs) got together (laughs) well 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 (laughs) yes a spoiler for you
0: I'm sorry but (laughs) (laughs) oh no I can't know that Penelope wears blue how dare you
1: and Nicole, have you read all of them or how far I'm are you? book 6, but then I had, okay. a, I had oh, okay. a little
0: break.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot.
0: <laughs> so did you read um did you read any of the books before you saw the show or did you start after you watched the show?
2: Um I've heard of it. Um and I just kind of became obsessed. I want to be like historical <laughs> bits, um thing after the show. Oh, okay. Sorry, it's my baby. She says hi. <laughs> hi,
1: <laughs> Lily. <laughs> Nicole, am I remembering it correctly? We watched this, like, as soon as it came out, didn't we? And we, like, texted through it.
2: Yeah. But actually, I don't know. It's an unpopular opinion, but I prefer the show over the books. And I'm usually the other way around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: Julia Quinn, I don't know, in my opinion, she doesn't like a lot of conflict. They're not in a love interest. So I love the other... Like the whole thing Mm with mom and the, I don't know, her sex education. It's not even in the book. (laughs) It's six, book six, it gets a lot more spicy I don't okay. know. Oh, Maybe okay. I'm Daphne. I don't know anything about sex, but I don't know if it gets more spicy.
1: <laughs> that's so the. Sh- that's so interesting. I've never read any of the books at all. So for me, the whole show is like the gossip and the scandal. So what is the book then? What even happens if they? She like doesn't. You, <laughs> it, know,
2: you know. I hate to say it. I'm not saying that all romance but it's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> really, like yeah. Like there's a um. I don't know. It is like, I know last episode, Rhonda said that it's the Regency gossip girl. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. There's the like book one and book two is exactly the same. There's some I, like child, tra- childhood trauma with the father and he, he doesn't want to marry. So, and then yeah. of course he pursues uh, a lady who's like a wallflower and, you know, go good for
0: them. <laughs> good for them
2: (laughs) and that's about it it, you know and the guys more experienced in the bedroom that's how it is but then like would they have sex the best they ever had and then that's about
0: it oh funny how that happens (laughs) (laughs) that's seriously like every historical romance though so yeah exactly that's that's kind of when I read I've read the first book and I'm like I'm, like, a few chapters into the second book, but when I read the first book, like, that was kind of what I thought, too, like, in general, is that it's, like, yeah, I mean, this is, like, it's it's a, it's a very, like, conventional historical romance, I would say, which, like, isn't a bad thing. It just doesn't really stand out to me. From other historical romance, which I mean, like Julia Quinn wrote, like she started writing these books in like the early 2000s. So maybe at the time it was kind of fresh and um, and kind of something new. But now I feel like it's just kind of part of the historical romance Racket that that you hear, <laughs> yeah. It did so kind much of, of, of break
2: away from like the nineteen eighties like bodice ripper thing, which I appreciate. Yeah, but yeah, it was
0: really different from that. Yeah. yeah, but there's
2: every book. There's a little question about. I don't know we're gonna go into this, but about consent. But
0: yeah, it's mm-hmm. just kind yeah. of.
2: I hate to say it. What kind of to- misogyny can you tolerate in each book? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like in the third book, there's a random Cinderella story. I don't know good Julie Quinn good for you You write what you want but like there's no other (laughs) fairy tale retelling in all eight books except for the third one and I know that one is either it's either a favorite or it's not because I love Benedict in the tv show I love him all the other books but in his book he wasn't very likable it's just oh yeah so it's kind of disappointing there yeah but I like okay, his do you, misogyny better than book five.
0: You like his misogyny better than than the other misogyny? Yes. Um, he- <laughs> okay, do you agree, though, that in the show, Benedict should be gay?
2: Oh, 100%. They could get right? Cinderella. That's so random.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love a Cinderella
2: retelling. Like, you know, you could keep them. He's an artist. Just keep that, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Like, it just, it's right there. You know what I mean? Like, it's right there. They don't even have to like jump through any hoops or anything it's right there
2: it's yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and there's like a classic issue
2: which it's more annoying than the misogyny i think personally because like they're just calling a cinderella type character like how are you speaking so smart you're a, mm. you're, you're poor that's like the whole book
0: <laughs> oh boy it's Great. Just like, well
1: <laughs> Whale, well? well i don't know what to tell you i, I- Part Sophie, I don't that. know.
2: They could give her another part of the book. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's oh, Julia.
2: That's the conflict in the with Benedict's story. Like, there's not a lot of you know, side characters. There's not a lot. It's just the whole love interest. He's just like hey, huh. mistress. Mm. You're a servant. We
0: can't get be married. And he's like, oh. well, you kind of
2: want to though, don't you? And she's like, no. <laughs> you know, she's like, <laughs>
0: It's like not really. Cool. I would prefer not to marry a misogynist. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks very much.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then there's one book where, like, literally, like he ties her to a, like a water tower so they won't complete oh their marriage. <laughs> so, like, it's just like what kind of, <laughs> what can you tolerate? So, wow. It, wow. Okay. <laughs> I like, okay. I totally get
0: <laughs> <laughs> She. Okay, I have to wonder, like. How did Julia Quinn think that these books would ever be turned into a TV series? And now is she like mentally going through all of them and being like, okay, they're gonna put that on screen. Um, what
2: <laughs> a lady on a like tied to a water tower. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. But I know they changed Marina's story and it's yeah. heartbreaking and we you know the story. So I know that she has like issues with Lady Featherton, like, but if you don't love this man, like, how are you happy? And after watching the show, reading the book, I, I cried during the TV show. I'm like, I understand now. Yeah, you're sending her to her death. But maybe they changed that. I don't know.
0: Hopefully, hopefully,
2: hopefully. And I hate him. I hate Sir Philip Crane. <laughs> He's like when I can't oh. But Yeah, I go. I can go on forever. I won't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, do you based on the books, do you have like predictions for next season? The
2: Bumblebee was a big hint.
0: We'll see a bumblebee.
2: Yeah, there's bees at the end because that's how, Ben, um, Anthony, his dad passed away from a bee sting. I so, oh. oh. so that's what. And in the book, it was same, very similar to Simon's story. He had some childhood drama, and um, to give Juliet Quinn credit. She does mention this in like in, like in her author notes that um, children who lose their parents young sometimes they fear that they're going to die young too just they oh, have that in the back of their mind right and I yeah so um that's I don't know it's interesting he's saying I don't want to love because then my my wife will warn for me but they're married
0: I don't know I'm not a <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, okay. it's like just, love knows no logic <laughs>
2: So I, th- I did appreciate how they kind of expanded it like you know like the whole sienna she is maybe in like two pages in the mm. second book but i did like how they had that love story longer so it's like more depth it just yeah. i can't find love so <laughs> <laughs> my wife marries me if i die it's okay i don't know so
0: So we can, like, so we don't see Sienna again after that, right? So we can, like... There's Kate.
2: Kate's a very lovable character. She's a fan favorite.
0: So we can imagine that, like, Sienna, you know, lives a long and fulfilling life elsewhere. Outside of the
1: Bridgertons. (laughs) Yes, you go. Influence. Yes, go Sienna. I love her story, but I'm also happy that she's done with all this. This is, like, too much she's just Ugh, gotta so go she,
2: she just wants. <laughs> she to doesn't need this
1: <laughs> <laughs> she already has made it as an opera singer like forget these people just go away
2: <laughs> hopefully benedict is gay that's the third book yes that's cinderella i'm sorry i love a cinderella retelling but
0: well, I mean, they could do a Cinderella retelling that's also queer. That's but, true. Yeah, Thank you. That can true. happen. Yes, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> I'm just stuck on Cinderella because like it's so random. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, in a sense, like so many romances could sort of fall into that Cinderella-like realm. Like any romance where it's like a rich guy and a poor girl. Who at like you could say this is like Cinderella, right? Right, like you, yeah. Maybe that's
2: why they were testing the waters a little bit in the first season. Like I thought he was going to go like his like his bike curiosity, and then like he ended up just having sex with other women. But we'll see.
1: We'll see. Mm. Only time will tell.
0: Time will tell, indeed.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And it could happen.
1: are you have any questions? Yeah. I want those historical mm-hmm. romance. Oh, we're waiting for that. Never mind. I take it back. We're waiting. Oh, for yeah. It. I forgot. We
0: can do some recs at the end. Because maybe what we talk about will kind of like spark some some thoughts or some wrecks. So Yeah.
1: We yeah. kind of got there. But do you have like a favorite couple of all of the couples?
2: Oh, I like Philip. I'm a huge Penelope and Colin shipper. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Mm. <laughs> and I loved, well um, oh, I love Eloise and um, Penelope, their friendship in general. It's why I it knows. got so invested in the books. And I hope they explore that more in the show, because after they find out, it took four books who Lady Whistledown was, and then you never hear from them again. Like, oh, that's, that's you? Okay. Julia Quinn doesn't like conflict with other characters,
0: but <laughs> <laughs> I hope they explore that more. Too many loose ends, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. oh that's why shiro uh happily ever
2: after it's supposed to tie in all those loose ends and julia's oh. kind of like well i didn't do it on purpose it just i just kind of never went back to it and then uh
0: okay, okay. Sure.
1: sure julia quinn <laughs>
0: that's Sure, a
1: that's a very fantasy novel thing to do where they just never go back to it and you think you never they, mm. you think it's like art like artsy that they never went back I mean, to it but they just forgot.
0: That's a George R R Martin thing to do. Yeah. I don't know that it's like necessarily a fantasy thing to do.
1: Robert Jordan does it too. <laughs> he forgets this one character well, for like 3 there's books.
0: There's like 18 books yeah. that all have to Yeah tie together and like more and more of a cohesive storyline than like a romance series usually yeah is. that's true so
1: <laughs> that's bad okay <laughs> what about you Rhonda do you have any favorite couples um
0: I uh I I do really love Eloise um I haven't read her book because I i i I was gonna read her book, but i I like saw a lot of stuff about it that like a lot of people really didn't like it. So I'm like, uh, I don't know if I want to read it.
2: I know, but maybe if you know that going in, I don't
0: I don't know if I want to spoil it if I'm just like not expecting to like the guy, then I might be okay. <laughs> yeah, he kind of like likes her like that's like that's like half the fun of reading a romance. yeah, like so is it like taming of the shrew?
2: Yeah, sort of. It's like marriage Mm -hmm. convenience. Oh. And then, like, he loses, that's Marita's story. Um, It's like the first, the prologue. Um, She passes, she has, she's always had depression, and she tries to, this is sad, but she tries to kill herself (laughs) in a lake, and she doesn't die, but she dies from the fever from after that. Oh, my God.
0: So, uh, yeah. okay I'm definitely not reading this yeah oh and God. then
2: like the whole purpose of the book I'm not this is all the prologue but the whole purpose of this book I'm not analyzing it it's like work to page is I need to have a someone to take care of my children now because what am I going to do with them but also sexy time at the the night will be good too
0: oh okay <laughs> <laughs> wow
2: that's like word to page and then I don't know I think it's like I don't know, you know, like in Mean Girls, where they're like, "Oh, it's your second cousin, we're your third cousin." That's okay. That's how it, it kind of is. So like, <laughs> so like, they're pen pals. So Marina's not related to the Feathertons, like in the show. It's actually the Bridgertons. So, and they're like, after oh, like he passes okay. away, Eloise reaches out you know the wife dies, and she's Eloise is a nice person, so she's just making sure that her cousin's okay. And then like, I don't know, Penelope has her love story. Eloise is all like. Well, my best friend's getting married. What am I gonna do now? So I guess I'll marry this guy because he's there. Oh, and it's just not <gasps> Eloise. It's not Eloise. She's she's chosen a wallflower by a uh, spinster by choice because she had suitors, but she doesn't want to. And that's okay to be yeah. single. everyone. So yeah, that for her. Love that. And then like, <laughs> I don't know. Julia Quinn love it, Loves a scarred hero. I um. guess he was he was neglected as a kid, or his. Parents only oh abuse gosh. him or something, but but uh, I'm like okay.
1: I'm hearing that come up a lot as an excuse oh over there. <laughs> I really oh don't like my. him. Yeah, it's yeah. just like,
2: and then like I think uh, I'm not gonna spoil the end, but that's just the premise of the book. Is she's trying to like he tried to break her spirit. So
0: oh good, oh my l- gosh. Uh okay. We needed more exactly. of that in the world. That's I hate, I, I don't know. I hate this man. I'm not reading that. Um,
2: <laughs> no, I love Eloise.
0: I'm like, what is this? <laughs> oh, can she just go to the plaza? Yeah <laughs> Eloise at the plaza.
2: I prefer yeah. to dipped over hips. I just I don't know. At this point, it's like, what can you tolerate? Because like every, every single man has some type of toxic trait. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Great, Yeah. great, great, great. (laughs) (laughs) So, what Richard did. Yes. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, do you think, okay, so I have a question. Do you, so I don't know how much you, like, both of you know about, like, the Regency era and sort of, like, the social expectations and, like, gender roles at the time, but... Do you do you think that, like, that sort of, like, that sort of archetype of a romantic hero fits with the Regency time period? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, it does. All I know is Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's all you need to know. And the, like, it still blows my mind that that's the contemporary at the time. <laughs> right, yeah. Because, like, Mr. Darcy, if we're going to use Mr. Darcy, so, like, at the beginning, like, he is, like, kind of in that, not quite toxic, but kind of in that, like, you know, bordering on misogynist, uh, you know, uh, side. But, But he grows. He has growth. And he, like, you know, addresses his like his pride and his um and like his privilege and he like actually works to to like make amends to the people that he wronged but like they I, don't do I don't that. Know, there. Do we see they don't, that they don't grovel
2: the... that's why I don't like the benefit mm. that much because like everything was just kind of handed it to him it's just like and time has so no there's no grovel mm, okay i i don't know i love a tortured hero but there's i need some gravel. yeah
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah okay
2: no it's just like uh, it's just like it kind of just kind of worked out like oh you're a ward oh okay i can marry you now you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> love that <laughs> love that <laughs> i'm
2: like all right i see you're really oh. a quid you don't like the context? Okay.
0: <laughs> all the conflict is within <laughs> yes it's
2: just one of those like love is all that
1: matters it's Mm. okay like the beatles said all you need is love exactly agree to disagree no Eh?
2: (laughs) well i mean the band will call you a fool because how dare you how dare you wrong their pride Aaron?
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's what i'm here to do <laughs>
2: that's the whole third book. that's saying you're a fool? That was a it's like, how dare you not be a mistress? Are you a
1: fool? Like, do you get it? But do you oh, get that's it, a though? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole mood. How dare you not be a mistress? Oh okay. boy. Cool. Yikes. Yikes. Yikes on bikes. Yikes.
0: Okay.
2: There's Penelope just wearing yellow. So
1: <laughs> She's time. over there with her yellow. Yeah. <laughs>
2: For the tangent, no, I loved it. So
0: we okay. So, but I think that it's interesting to think about, like, like you brought up *Pride and Prejudice*. Like, I think it's interesting to think about, like, you know, these, uh, like, it's you know, ostensibly historical fiction, although it is historical romance, which is like an, you know, an entirely different, like, genre. Um, with different expectations and tropes and everything. But, like, it's interesting to look at these books and then look at something like Pride and Prejudice, where we were, you know, it's not historical fiction. Like, these characters actually live in this time and were written by someone who lived in this time. So it's interesting to, like, compare the two, I think. Right. Um. But yeah, I wanted to like just talk a little bit about like the Regency period for yeah. a little bit. because um, sometimes we do like serious uh, conversation on this podcast. I don't know if you mean, <laughs> like sometimes we have actual research. I don't know. it's I never anything. do. <laughs> only
1: Rhonda. I don't. I really don't. It's only Rhonda's research
0: because <laughs> like if
2: i was just gonna say 19th century what a time <laughs>
1: yeah, right?
0: yeah well because so like i think and we'll also get into get more into like specifically regency romance in um next week's episode but um it's like if we want to look at like bridgerton As Regency Romance. So like the books, I think, do definitely fall into that pretty squarely. But I think if we're looking at the TV show, I think it's something a little bit different. Sure. Um, So I think that like it's clear that the show is set in like a time and place that closely resembles Regency England as we know it, but it's not actually like. The quote unquote real Regency England. Right, right. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. So I think that this is made really clear, like I talked about last week with the use of like electric lights in some of the set design and by like the costuming, which is very clearly, you know, like inspired by Regency era fashion, but then does something totally different most of the time. Um, and then, like, the music, which is, like, pop songs, but in string arrangements. Um, yeah. So, like, all of these things kind of add up to to make it clear to us that this is not actually Regency England. Um, and then we also have this, like, alternate history backstory that we're given. Um, and we'll, t- <laughs> like, we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> later on um but all that to say that i and i kind of touched on this last week too actually that bridget bridgerton is actually a fantasy it's set in an alternate reality or another like fantasy world and so any deviations from the reality of the regency era that we see in the show those are not inaccuracies it's not that it's historically inaccurate it's just a difference between our world and that world, the world of Bridgerton.
2: It's like the Gilmore Girls episode with Paris Geller at the, at the yeah. dinner. She's like, do you see oh, yeah.
0: the in the 19th century? Uh-huh. <laughs> and yes. And that, okay. And that's clearly not like the, she keeps saying the 19th century. Actually, they all keep saying 19th century, but it's really more like 16th century. I'm like, dudes, yeah. what are you, what is, okay. That. That episode bothers me so much. Anyway, they have ice blasted like as Paris covers. right? <laughs> and there's like machine stitching on the shirts. Like, how can you okay. tell? Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I did want to just like talk about like the the biggest aspects of the Regency era that I think we see like inspiring the you know these. Key elements of bridgerton the tv series because i think that's really interesting too yeah so speaking of pride and prejudice uh you already brought it up so the show opens in 1813 which is the year that pride and prejudice was published oh wow bt dubs um if i see a character in season two reading a copy of Pride and Prejudice, I will lose my mind. Yes. <laughs> I will lose <laughs> my, my mind. mind.
2: Life of Ron doesn't think. Ron. I know.
0: <laughs> 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 and also, um, this is like right in the middle of the of the Napoleonic wars, which is why there are so many army officers in Pride and Prejudice. Right. Because they're fighting in these wars that Jane Austen never even mentions. Um, It's incredible. If we look at like the actual Regency period, so this is very short. It's from 1811 to 1820. So it's the time when King George III is incapacitated because of his, you know, various physical and mental illnesses. Right. Um, And so his son takes over as Prince Regent between 1811 and 1820, when George III dies, so that's why it's called the Regency because he's the Regent. Sure. We also talked about this in our Pride and Prejudice discussion. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> so this is a really interesting period. I think, I think the aspect of Bridgerton that I find really interesting, as like kind of a historical. Influence from the regency is this idea of the gossip column or the gossip newspaper so i did a little bit of digging about about this to see like is this something that that you know that really that you would have really seen in the regency period and it turns out um possibly, but it might have looked a little different from what we see uh, in Bridgerton. So of course in Bridgerton we have Lady Whistledown. Um so uh gossip newspapers they did they so they didn't have like dedicated gossip newspapers, but they would have like a gossip column in just, you know, a normal newspaper. Um, and so these columns would be about sort of like the exploits and the scandals of the ton or the fashionable elite during the season. Um, and actually, um, a historical consultant for the Bridgerton TV series, Hannah Grieg, um, mentions that this is something that kind of inspired how they approached doing the Lady Whistledown. Um, segments of the of the show um so the season was like six months of each year so it was from like actually it could be a little bit longer I think it was from like February through like August I think yeah or it could or it could go a little bit later I think depending on like if the summer was still warm enough um so this is when like all of the daughters of the richest families would be presented at court and the the goal was to like make an advantageous marriage um there and and so this is kind of like this would be like part of you know the gossip in these gossip columns was like who who we think is going to um is going to be proposed to and like you know yeah I'll, you know the same things that we like to read about in celebrity gossip now yes like, who's right dating who like that was the that was the idea.
1: This is my nightmare by the way <laughs> right
0: but so just like everyone knows like who yeah. No,
2: no. Yeah, they were the celebrities and the trendsetters at the time. I think they were based on real people at the time. Yeah, interesting.
0: Well, yeah. Like, I mean, going back like centuries, like back to you know, like the Middle Ages, even like the like the the reigning monarch always kind of set the fashion for everyone. So this is kind of like an extension of that. Mm -hmm. Um. So newspapers. This is from. a there's a town and country article um, that I read that gets like really deep into like all these different like gossip and scandal um, columns and newspapers that that we saw like kind of throughout history, but mostly in the Regency era. So, this says newspapers were plentiful during the Regency era, with most of the stories published centering on politics, crime, fashion, infidelity, or royal Ooh. doings. Oh dang. <laughs> right. <laughs> um so like any story that would like stir up controversy That's and right. increase readership. So this was like Regency clickbait. So like anything <laughs> that would like get people to buy newspapers, they would cover it in the press. Um, so there's like rumors and gossip about debutantes um, on aristocrats and wealthy socialites. This article uh, interviews um, historian Catherine Curzon, who says that, uh, who, who says that readers would closely follow the comings and goings of the upper classes in the popular fashionable world newspaper columns, which are concerned with clothes, jewels, and the general round of court balls and society events. And Curzon actually notes that Lady Whistledown from Bridgerton um, sounds very similar to a real-life gossip writer from 18th century England. She says, um, she does call to mind Mrs. Crackenthorpe. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, billed as a lady that knows everything. Mrs. Crackenthorpe was the anonymous author behind the Female Tatler, which was published from <laughs> 1709 to 1710. It's a gem of satire, remarkable for being intended for women, which sure. was very rare at the time. Sure. And with a primary aim to educate, often through sharp observation, but with an eye for gossip too. Right. So it was kind of a like, this is this is what not to do, ladies. This is how not Ooh. to comport yourself in public.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> um,
0: right. Um though the female tattler was short lived, other magazines flourished based on its influence. Um so wow. there was another yeah, so there was an there is another magazine called town and country not at all related I'll to can ask the the town and country we have. um <laughs> so that was published from 1769 to 1796 and it had what it called the tete-a-tete
1: column
0: So this is like the first of what we... Not, Aaron, get your mind out of the gutter.
1: I mean, what did you expect me to think?
0: (laughs) It meant something different back then. It meant something totally different back then, okay? Yeah, sure. Okay, so... So she says this is actually the first of what we would recognize now as a gossip column. So every month it would choose a celebrity couple. Oh my gosh. Yes. But their names are redacted and they were shown in very small portraits and it would like, you know, kind of go into like their love lives and all the scandals associated with them. Um, <laughs> So like, yeah, so, like, part of the fun of reading this was, like, trying to figure out who it was actually about because it wouldn't actually say their names. Oh, my gosh. So people would, like, read all the details and, like, try to figure out if they could,
1: like, see who it was. Um, I would read really that, that now. <laughs> I would read right? Celebrity Gossip now if I had to guess who it was. That's so, yeah. that's so fun.
0: Um. <laughs> Yeah, so she says it was rare for names to be published, but the codes used to disguise the identity of the subjects were deliberately easy to see through. Because, like, of (laughs) course, they wanted you to be able to guess who it was so that you would keep reading (laughs) and keep buying newspapers. Um, This meant yeah right this meant it was simply a matter of decoding some fairly basic hints about the people involved so a prince might be referred to as an illustrious gentleman um, <laughs> or, or an actress by the name of her most notorious or celebrated characters
2: it rhymes I lo- with, I love- with anthony not anthony she reminds no. me <laughs> no yeah right anthony <laughs>
0: So, like, Sienna in this gossip column might be referred to by the character she played in her latest opera.
1: Right.
2: They're more clever than I. I'm like, it's not Sienna. It's Sienna. Like a Phoebe in France. Which is <laughs> oh <my laughs> not you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, speaking of Sienna. Yeah. Is it me now? Are you not following the notes, Erin? No,
1: I, <laughs> no, I really thought we had more to go. I'm sorry. No. Nope. Yes. Speaking of your beautiful segue that I just did not catch I think it on. was it was my fault. I started talking about friends. Regina <laughs> Foley. No, no. You can
0: always talk about friends. It's fine.
1: No. So yeah, my as I'm watching my favorite my favorite. Characters, Sienna I love her I mean being a theater person I would but like just all of her backstage like I don't know all those scenes are so gorgeous and like hot I don't know I'm into it so I wanted to look (laughs) into like the scandal surrounding the English operas of 1814 and kind of because a lot of what being an opera singer at the time was was to kind of get notoriety through being a part of some of these scandals that might be right. in some of these gossip um, columns. So, like, you're probably starting off as a performer and you get good at honing your instrument, which, as if that's not hard enough, and then you kind of have to make a name eh, for yourself. It's pretty easy. <laughs> eh, opera singing, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's probably fine, whatever.
0: Don't
2: worry me, you get it.
1: Don't read me, you get it. Yes. <laughs> Just watch the sound of music. You're good. You're good. You're you're all set. It's fine. Get a governess. You're good. Um but be a governess. Be a gosh darn governess. Actually, I'm I'm a glorified governess right now. Don't do it. <laughs> um d- don't do it. But yeah, so the whole I thought it was really interesting that they would follow the life or the fantasy life of an opera singer when it's so about being, like, in the gossip columns each week so that you still get parts and so that people are interested in you to a certain degree. And there's just this really interesting kind of dichotomy there in their lives between being a part of this lavish grandeur and performing for all of these um, high people, you know, and then going back to a life that was very much not that, you know? So being kind of like not even lesser in society, but pretty, pretty low on the societal, um, end of things, you know, it was very much like it almost felt frowned upon to have this amazing gift and to do this thing. You really weren't supposed to, um, Mm -hmm. But then you were hired on to perform for these people. So it's like, it's just kind of interesting there. Um, And I was having a heck of a time finding some of these. I'm going to look some more, but I was having a heck of time finding like actual accounts that felt relevant to Bridgerton because it is high fantasy, you know, or not high fantasy. Uh (laughs) It is
0: high fantasy. We're just, you know.
1: But like, (laughs) I did find a really cool blog entry called Scandalous by Profession, Opera in 18th Century Europe from Armstrong History Journal. And um, there was a really cool, like the whole article is really great, but I think the heart of all of it is this quote um, regarding kind of how it was so distasteful to do this job and yet you'd still be performing for these, like... They would hire you, but then they'd say, yeah, but you're trash and I don't like you at all. Mm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, what are we, what are we even doing? So, um, the blog entry says regarding the outlook of opera singers, Mary Jane Matz observed temperament alone could not guarantee permanent fame, but it became at least a certain and sure ticket to notoriety. So, the shallow and unfortunately cyclical nature of the relationships between singers and their audiences illustrates how 18th century society was quite contradictory where theatrical culture was concerned. So, yeah, it was very much you you got to rise and become this wonderful performer and you were given these lavish costumes and jewels and all of this stuff and then the second you were done you were out living very much the life that we see sienna living so i just thought i think dichotomies are interesting and i just think Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think we as humans like to label people as less than a whole lot and i think that one area where that happens between the haves and the have-nots is is in the opera of the time
0: and the art, well and then i think like in the arts in general because like artists yeah. and actors would kind of face the same kind of yeah social challenges like yeah. um <laughs> like Nicole Kidman in Moulin Rouge like yes exactly <laughs> that's the you know the greatest movie ever made um yes. that's like that's kind of like her social position is very precarious yeah. um yeah and you know like that's kind of how it, i think that's kind of how it would be for like any artist mm-hmm. like this is you know like they're not you know noble born But they have kind of this social notoriety because of their, you know, their artistic and their entertainment talents. So yeah, it's like a weird, like social balancing act. It's really interesting.
1: Yeah. And like, it just feels so different than like, how we regard opera singers today. (laughs) You know, like, they're very much a part of high society but back then it was like yeah but not so much like we appreciate your talent but also do we really I don't know I just think that's humans well, are and also
0: yeah like also now like the the people I'd say like the people in our society with the most like social clout are like actors and recording artists right who are in you know like these big you know Like, actors who are in, like, these big blockbuster movies or, you know, recording artists who, like, sell out stadiums. Like, it's artists who are, like, who have the most social capital, like, currently in our society. So, yeah, it's very interesting, the contrast. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, and even that feels unfair, too, like, that the degree it's gotten to now feels kind of out of whack as well. Yeah, it's just Yeah. Totally. Human society is fascinating.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting.
1: Yes. Um
0: yeah. But um before we wrap up, I wanted to mention something that I think is relevant to our attempt to read Bridgerton as historical fiction uh, whether <laughs> the show or the books um super so, um so I'm just yeah so I'm not gonna get super into it right now because we'll get into it um, in a later episode but yeah. I just wanted to mention it here because it is relevant um so there's been like a ton of discussion about how bridgerton handles issues of race in the regency period yeah um the just yeah there's a whole lot (laughs) um there's a whole lot there um you know like there's you know people um like I've you know I've I've seen and heard from like people of color who were okay with how it handled it, and then those who were not okay with it, and yeah, yeah. So there's a huge you know complex discussion to be had there. Yeah. Um. But um, I did want to mention that I do think that it's as clumsily as it may have been handled. I think that we're seeing this kind of uh, in like in um, like period films and period dramas in general we are seeing this kind of push for more inclusivity which is wonderful of course Um, but I think that um, we're you know there's still some room for growth with Bridgerton, with Bridgerton specifically. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So just wanted to throw that out there and then yeah. put a pin in that because we'll come back to that um, yeah. later in this series. So
1: so important. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um.
2: What are your f- uh, favorite s- books to read? What's your favorite Regency book? <laughs>
0: Oh, favorite Regency. Um, Pride and Prejudice, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, so like after I, you know, finished reading all of Jane Austen when I was like seventeen, I was like, well, what am I gonna read now? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was like on this Jane Austen message board <laughs> online. And everyone was like, oh, read Georgette Heyer. So I started reading um, Georgette Heyer, who's like kind of the mother of Regency romance as we know it. Um, So, I mean, a lot of hers were written in the in like the 30s, I would say. Wow. So they're very like many of them definitely have outdated social ideologies. (laughs) ideologies. <laughs> okay. yeah. So I would just be aware of that going in. Um, but yeah, I loved those. They felt to me like reading Jane Austen. Um, oh. Uh, as far as like more current, um, there's actually a couple of YA Regency romances that I absolutely loved. Um, one is Keeping the Castle. I don't remember any of the author's names. I apologize. So Keeping the Castle is one. Um Love Lies and Spies. Ooh. And um Dangerous Alliance, which is also like has like a lot of references to Jane Austen in it. So. Okay. If you like that? And then I also just started reading Tessa Dare's um Castles Ever After series, yes. which I believe is Regency. Yeah. And I love those. So. She's so
2: fun. Something about yes. her writing is just so easy and not just Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: It's so fun and breezy and funny. Yeah. Love Tessa Dare.
2: Yes. Have you read the Wallflower series
0: by Lisa? No, no. I'm working my way through Tessa Dare's backlist and then I'll move on to Lisa Clapas probably. <laughs> yes.
2: <Yeah. laughs> She's really good too. It's just so about much. if you like Penelope and Eloise, you'll appreciate the Wallflower series because okay. they, the whole point is that. You know, find their husbands and stuff. But it's just about the friendship. It's just four, four best friends. You know, like, you know what? We're gonna take our own agency. We're just gonna go ahead and just go do it. We're gonna make a list of the best richest men in the
0: area. And it's just—it's <laughs> it's problematic. <laughs> oh, this sounds like um, like how to marry a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh that's perfect and I would love
2: to see that as an adaption too so I guess yeah. I, do, I do love that they're starting to get more romance adaptions I know they're just mm-hmm. a baby game it's not historical romance but there's yeah the back And I hope I see more
0: yes I would love to see more historical romance adapted for the screen I'm 100% for it yeah, yeah. I'm you, anti Aaron? no just kidding um what yeah are you a historical romance reader no, no. You're more contemporary, right?
1: I'm, I'm all into. You more
0: contemporary.
1: I'm just a fantasy human, like a, mm. like a wheel of. I'm just so deep into Wheel of Time right oh, now. Oh yeah,
0: I was gonna, I was gonna, um, I was gonna get a list of dragon romances for you.
1: Oh, <laughs> you're the best. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on, um, <laughs> book four of Wheel of Time, four of fourteen. So I'm gonna be there for a sec. <laughs> <laughs> But it's good, though.
0: Now, do you find that, like, in, are you, like, taking breaks in between Wheel of Time books to read, like, other things? Or
1: I, I took a break last week to read The Starlit Night, um, mm. which is really, really, really good. Um, so I peppered in some New York in there. But, yeah, now I'm back to it. To Okay. My... Wheel of Timey. I did get to a point where I, I reached like three thousand pages of this series and I stopped listening to my audio. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, but now I'm back. I took a week kind of break.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, this just turns just this just turned into our book club. That's fine. Um, it did. <laughs> I mean, really, our podcast is just a book club. It's, it's true. It's great. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, Nicole. Nicole, did you take the quiz to find out which Bridgerton you are? No.
2: <gasps> How do you do this? Oh. Uh, we can, I knew I we forgot get, something. We can get you the link. Okay, I
0: can go. But yeah, you get, we don't have to. You don't have to do it right right now. You can just let us know later, and we'll and we'll put it into. I knew um, I our forgot something. I'm sorry. That's okay.
2: You have a lot on your plate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot going on. <laughs> a cat well, to feed. Yes, a cat to feed. Yourself to feed. Yes. Give Please water grace. your plants. Water your
2: plants. <laughs> yes. I see some gnomes there.
1: There's
0: Aaron, some gnomes. are you still there? You I'm still here. There,
1: Hi. Okay. Hello. Well, yeah, Nicole, any parting shots? Any other burning Just thank you for having me. It was really nice. Oh, uh,
2: you guys are really my comfort podcast. Like I said to you guys every Saturday morning. Aww. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Oh yeah, the theme song. Aww. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a secret. I chose that song. Because it reminds me of the Cantina Band song from Star Wars. Oh yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's very psychologically revealing. So, <laughs> with that, <laughs> we will go ahead and sign off. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll stop recording. We can okay. we can chat for a little longer if you want. good. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Uh, but just a reminder to everyone to go follow us on Instagram um, and Twitter, I guess. We never yeah. post on Twitter, but that's
1: Tweet, fine. tweet. <laughs> okay. That's what okay. I think Twitter is. I just I just sit in my room <laughs> saying, tweet, tweet, and then I wonder why no one comments. It doesn't work. Okay. It,
2: it doesn't uh, work. Pop the name. They're really funny, guys. You should follow them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah. And we'll we'll catch everyone next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.